May I speak to you in the name of the Prince of Peace and the one who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Please be seated. As many in the congregation have heard me talking about, two weeks ago, I led a mission trip to a Native American reservation in South Dakota. My wife, who is one of the priests at our neighboring Episcopal church in Westport, and I, along with two other adult leaders, took 13 high school students to the Rosebud Episcopal Mission. In some ways, this was a service trip in that our kids mainly spent their time painting the local Episcopal church and chopping wood that will go to heating the homes on the reservation in the winter. But above it being a service trip, a trip that focuses on that kind of hands-on work that makes you feel really good at the end of the day, our main goal was to go to learn, to be immersed, albeit briefly, in a reality that is not our own. It was, in other words, an immersion trip with the goal of sustaining a ministry of presence. We go to the margins, Greg Boyle reminds us, so that the margins will be erased. That was our goal, to show up in a place that most modern Americans have forgotten about, a location of cultural, historical amnesia, and to say, as the disciples do in our gospel passage today, peace to this place. Our gospel passage today reads like an invocation upon missionaries. I almost wish that we had it printed on our t-shirts for the mission trip or that I had read it to our kids as we stood in the church parking lot at 4 a.m. for our early morning flight to South Dakota. Our gospel passage reads like an invocation upon missionaries because, well, it kind of is. Jesus says, go on your way, carry nothing. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. Make sure the towns you enter know that laborers deserve to be paid. Eat and drink whatever they give you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is an invocation upon missionaries. It is a sending forth of a group of people to spread the love of God in a particular way. In her sermon last week, Marissa pointed out to us that the gospel demands a sort of radical discipleship. To be followers of Christ, we must proclaim the kingdom and not look back. Jesus said in our gospel passage last week, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Our gospel passage today picks up on those themes. Drop everything. Take nothing. Don't stop along the way. I am sending you on an important mission. And when you get there, say, peace to this house. Peace to this house. This is the phrase in this invocation of disciple missionary that stands out to me the most. There is some important historical background for why this phrase, peace to this house, is actually a lot more important than we might think on first glance. So hang in here with me for just a little bit of history. I promise not to bore you. 
Jesus was born in the midst of what we now refer to as the Pax Romana, or the period of Roman peace ushered in by the Roman Empire. Any brief Google search or scroll through Wikipedia will tell you that the Pax Romana was a long period of peace and stability experienced by the early Roman Empire. Beginning with Caesar Augustus and ending with Marcus Aurelius, the Pax Romana is known as the time when the Roman Empire built up its financial wealth and geographically spread its culture and mode of governance to the surrounding regions. But any deeper dive into the history of the Pax Romana, and you will begin to see that the word peace appears in quotation marks. And phrases like stability and tranquility are replaced with colonization and violence. Even our common knowledge about the life of Jesus should trouble this historical narrative a little bit. If Jesus was born into a, pe a time of such widespread peace, then why were Joseph and Mary forced to flee violence and persecution while Mary was pregnant? If Jesus' ministry took place during a time of such equality and stability, then why was he executed? Although one lens on the history of the Pax Romana names it as a time of peace, when we add another lens, we learn that the Pax Romana was an empire's promise of peace through the subjugation of colonized lands. Roman armies traveled from place to place, conquering smaller powers, offering the hopes of prosperity and peace in exchange for tribute and obedience. Their campaign brought material and cultural wealth to the Roman center, leaving those people in the colonized lands to suffer. And so Roman peace actually meant regular use of state violence to squash all revolts by slaves and dissenting people. Pax, peace, was not a pact among equals or universal harmony. Peace during the Pax Romana was submission to Rome, submission to violence, and submission to conquest. The Pax Romana was a great and glorious time for an elite few. For the wealthy in the center of Rome, it was indeed a time of peace and prosperity, but for everyone on the literal geographic margins of that center, it was a time of poverty, fear, and violence. And all of the places where Jesus walked, where he was born, where he lived, where he spent his earthly ministry, were those margins, the places that were victims of an, an empire's apparent promise of peace. This background is helpful because it shows us that Jesus' instruction to his disciples to say peace to this place was actually incredibly subversive. In the midst of the Pax Romana, Jesus is instructing his followers to go and share in a new kind of peace with whatever household they enter, to bring with them a promise of peace that was quite literally the antithesis of the peace that was promised by the Roman Empire. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves, Jesus says. I am sending you out to proclaim a different kind of peace. The Pax Romana, the peace promised by the Roman state, 
was only the promise of peace for those in power. What the Pax Romana claimed was peace and freedom was then turned upside down by a baby that was born into the system of oppression that the Romans created. This is the haunting context for our gospel today. That the Pax Romana, the peace promised by the Roman state, was only the promise of peace for those in power. And that what the Pax Romana claimed was peace and freedom was turned upside down by Jesus, a man who spent his life under the systems of oppression created by empire. Now, clearly there is so much that separates us historically, socially, and culturally from the time of the Pax Romana. But I cannot help but see some haunting similarities between this distant historical context and our own. This past week, our nation celebrated its own independence, and we celebrated peace and freedom. And yet, like the Pax Romana, there are certain promises for how we are to achieve that peace, a promise that if we build up walls, then we will have peace that if we toughen our military and strengthen our police forces, then we will have peace. That if we overfill border patrol processing centers and separate families, then we will have peace. And our gospel passage today emerges in the midst of our national reality, a reality that shows humans starving at the border and babies washing up on shores with their parents dead because of their attempt to flee persecution, as Mary did when she was pregnant with God incarnate in human flesh. As during the Pax Romana, the center enjoys peace and freedom, but the margins, the peripheries, the literal borders of that center do not. And our gospel passage today is an invitation, an exciting invocation to all of us as disciple missionaries. Go on your way. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves, Christ says. Carry nothing. Don't stop along the way. Go to the borders, to the margins, to those places that have suffered from a false promise of peace. And when you get there, say peace to this place. Bring a new promise of peace. Bring the love of the Pax Christi, the peace of Christ not the peace that is promised by the state, but a peace that is constituted by the promise of hope. Bring a peace that their humanity matters just as much as yours. Bring a peace that God loves them just as God loves you. Bring peace, bring hope, bring faith, bring love. We are the disciples that Christ is speaking to in our gospel passage today. In a few moments, when we share the sign of peace with one another, let that peace mark our commitment to accept this invocation. The sign of peace that we do here before we share in Christ's body and blood is so much more than a friendly handshake or hug, like making the sign of the cross or wearing a crucifix around our neck. It marks our commitment to go be Christ's hands and feet in the world. Jesus is on his way to the border, and he invites us to walk with him.
And so let us go forth to the margins so that those borders will one day be erased. So the peace of Christ may be with all of us, always. Amen.